This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The Real Estate starts now. In today's episode, All Healthcare is Local, we explore the intersection between having a trusted medical support network and recreating one in a new location. Alex and I will discuss the importance of quality healthcare and the decision on where to live and the travails involved in finding high quality medical professionals in a new city. And with that, Alex, please take us out. You know, we've always had to spend time finding the right primary care team. You know, when we were young, our parents did it. And then it was typically a family doctor who lived locally. And as we got older, having a primary care physician is a requirement for health insurance. And then as we get older, it becomes a necessity for our health and the health of our families. Getting um, into my territory. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for the record, a primary care physician or PCP is your go-to resource for most illnesses and injuries, as well as for um, questions and concerns about your health. With that said, the proximity to where you live for this type of medical support is critical. In one of our earlier episodes, VIP Meds, we talked about the growing trend of telemedicine and at-home visits. But since the pandemic, people are relocating more than ever, and the burden of finding the right support locally and, and, and adding basically just one more burden that you need to think about when you're moving to new location. So what we're going to try to do is unpack some of the issues and solutions to help you make better decisions. It's interesting because I have a primary care physician, but you wonder sometimes when you really need one or do you just want to go to an expert when you become more of an expert in yourself and you know what's wrong with your body, like you get a, a recurring nasal infection or you've got another issue with your hip. Do you really have to bother your PCP or since you already have a relationship with your hip guy or your ENT guy, ear, nose and throat guy, do you just go right to them? So it's kind of like a, a, a pull and push kind of thing. It's almost like too many cooks spoil the broth kind of thing. 
Yeah, I agree. And even even the symptoms, you can just Google that. And so you can you know exactly who to go to. But, you know, there's a study that was published early this year uh, in in JAMA Internal Medicine, um, basically, which is an organization that does that does uh, survey, surveys and they examine the value of primary health care. And researchers analyzed the survey results from about 49, 50,000 U.S. adults with a PCP and about 25,000 adults without a PCP. And they found that adults with a primary care significantly more likely to fill more prescriptions, uh, to have a routine preventative visit um, in the past year. And they were also significantly more likely to receive more high value care, such as cancer screenings, including colorectal cancer screening and, and things of that nature. I also think it's important to have a location where somewhere all of your medical issues can be seen and can be viewed in their totality. Somebody who kind of knows everything that's going on about you because the hip specialist, he has no idea what you're doing with the back specialist, right? And the back specialist doesn't know anything what you're doing with the ENT specialist. But sometimes symptoms from different parts of your body, aches and pains, funny way your nails are growing, those could be indications of more serious things. And so having the screenings, having a primary care physician who he gets the reports from all the different doctors, so he has a holistic view of your health, which I think is just like a holistic view of your finances or a holistic view of all your risks in your life. All these things are very important to be able to make the right top-down decisions by having all of the bottom-up info in one place. So I see I, I, that as an additional benefit of having some central medical figure in your life. Yeah, well, you know, people have been trying to solve that for years. Uh, you know, from a technology standpoint, you know, Apple um, has been has been trying to do that with putting all your medical records in a kind of a digital lockbox on your phone that's connected to your watch. I know you don't have an Apple Watch, Jamie, but um, the, all of these integrated devices um, from Apple are also trying to help you manage your health in the right way. But you know, it's it's an issue, and I mean, Apple really hasn't quite figured it out. I mean, I think. It's there, but I never, I never use it. I'm not quite sure who does, but it's a problem that I think everyone, everyone has. So let's get into it, right? So here are some five tips. I think the tip number one is, first of all, obviously determine which doctors are in network and which are not. Which brings up the whole thing about insurance. I'm born in Canada. In Canada, nobody pays for healthcare. It's free. There's positives, there's negatives versus the American system. But yeah, that's the whole other thing. You don't even think about it. Before you can even find a doctor you like and trust, he has to be approved by the person paying the bills. Well, you know, I can guarantee that the doctor that I uh, used to go to when I was a kid was definitely not in network. Um, and and probably definitely not alive at this point. But again, it's it's very difficult. Usually, the one that you love and the one that's amazing it is never the one that's a network. And then so you're always having to to go into the the unknown, into the wild, and search for someone and kind of kind of figuring it out. All right. So tip number two: find a doctor with expertise that meets your needs. Right. Like if you happen to be a 15 or 16 year old boy who gets uh, diagnosed with a nervous stomach <laughs> at a young age, you definitely want your PCP to be a gastro guy. So when I was in New York, my PCP was a gastro guy. <laughs> well, I, you know, at the same time, I, I, I like fitness and I'm into fitness. And so I'd rather have um, a physician that is used to working with athletes. Right. Because when I come in and I say, well, you know, look, my 
my my hip uh uh is has an issue the first the first solution isn't to get hip surgery as opposed to like, you know, you might want to just, you know, you want to chill out from working, uh, from working so hard at the gym today, take a, take a day off. Like, I think those are the kinds of things that, that having the right doctor, um, you know, maybe even provide the, a, a, the better recommendation down there. Okay. So number three, uh, ask for referrals. And then when this one's tricky, right? I mean, like we all know that if you move to a new city, uh, you don't know anyone, you know, who are you going to ask? Yeah, sometimes you get lucky. You'll move to a city that already has an infrastructure of people you know or family members or people that you trust because everybody, no matter who you ask, their doctor is the best and their dentist is the best. But somebody had to graduate last in their class right? Somebody was the worst doctor in that school. And that could be your guy. <laughs> it's like, they, what's your reference point? It's, it's, plus, if you're somebody that gets sick a lot, make sure you get advice from somebody who gets sick a lot. Not somebody who never goes to the doctor. I don't need I don't believe in doctors. And I don't believe in that stuff. And because you're gonna get a bad doctor. Well, you know, what's funny? I mean, if you think about it that way, then uh, if you wouldn't it be better to talk to someone who is actually healthy because like obviously then whoever the doctor is probably doing a good job right that's a good point you don't ask somebody who's missing two front teeth where their dentist is nice who services it <laughs> so uh, which which leads to the next point I, um point number four tip number four Think about logistics, right? This is obviously another big one, right? So you got to, you know, is there a doctor near you? How are you going to get there? If if you can't walk, do you, you know, do you drive? Like what's the logistics around getting and or visiting that doctor? Yeah, that's a good point because, um, you know, depending on what type of city you're in, New York City, for example, where I used to live, is a walking city. It's a public transportation city. Um, you take cabs, but most people you can walk, you can take the subway, it's easy to get around public transportation. LA or Miami, where I live now, are driving cities. You're going to have to get in your car to go over you're going. So that makes a big decision. Like, for example, my doctor is an excellent primary care physician, but on the negative side, he's about 35, 40 minutes away from me. So on most days, that doesn't really matter. But in an emergency, that would be an issue because his hospital that he's affiliated with is not the closest hospital to me anymore now because he doesn't live in the same town I live in. So that's something we'll discuss a little later. But yeah, logistics are very important, especially if you have issues in mobility. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting you mentioned that because I think about Miami very differently than I think about New York. And now more so than ever, you know, we're maybe this is a trend in New York City, but there always used to be if you, depending on where you lived, if you live in the Upper East Side, the Upper West Side, typically there was a doctor in the building, right? Like there was like the first floor, it was a doctor's office. That was the <laughs> rental that was downstairs, in other words, in the condominium. Instead of a restaurant or a bodega, it was a doctor's office on Park Avenue. Right, right. And so, you know, there was the, the proximity to, to your physician was almost kind of like secured with where you lived. It was like where you live, it's a doctor downstairs. Or after across the street, and they and they had their office there, and they had their office there for years, and that was sort of that symbiotic relationship with living in <laughs> living in the city. And I know that's changed, right? Because uh, for various different reasons, though I'm not sure quite why. But 
because cities are built differently, because new buildings are built differently. And so you, so now newer buildings, new construction, um, they would much rather have a bank uh, as a rental than, than, than a doctor. Less bacteria, I guess. <laughs> But you know, so I think the the, the logistics I, I, is much is much more of a concern. Okay, so uh, the grand finale number five uh, tips uh, on finding the right primary care physician is uh, go for a visit. Which is funny because coming off of the th- of the last point, when somebody recommends, we got a specialist, I got a dentist. Really, where's his office? He's on Fifth Avenue or he's on Park Avenue. I'm like, shit, that's going to be an expensive guy. He's got to pay Park Avenue rents based on how many fillings he's drilling. He's going to find 19 fillings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, to me, uh, that's like the that's the worst part, right? Because when you go there, um, it, it's actually the sales pitch begins right it's almost like going to to buy a used car or in a lot of cases because we're the ones that are sick it's like we are the used car so we're selling ourselves in, in a lot of cases but you go there and the 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 first thing that the doctor is going to do is going to tell you all the things that are wrong with you and and of course he's going to say well here's a recommendation he's going to give you prescriptions for all these things and then lock you in uh because you know you don't you know, if you if you leave his office, if he makes you if you walk out of the doctor's office and he doesn't he hasn't given you something either. He's really unsuccessful as a as a as a as a salesperson or you just don't care about your health, because basically it's like, you know, you walk out of here today, you're not probably going to make it. So why don't you just why don't you just sign on the line? Take my recommendation. Does a lollipop count for getting something from your doctor <laughs> or your dentist? When we were kids, when we were kids go to the dentist, after he's done drilling your teeth with no anesthesia, what does he give you on the way out? He gives you candy. Here, eat this. See you next week. He's <laughs> <laughs> going down the food chain. He's he growing his business, so to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, that's just, just the same as like if you gave someone a pack of smokes. <laughs> like here, here, on the house. Um, so hey, look, I, I think I think all in all, this, these tips are really valuable for people to take into account. But of course, it 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 opens up. I think one of the things that one of the big issues that we've been talking about here is uh, how do you how do you then where based on where you live, how do you then lean in, find the right quality so that you can get the best care where you live, uh, regardless of where you live uh, around the country and or around the world. Right. And and let's break that down a little bit. The first one is, uh, it's incredible to me that something as important as healthcare, we don't have any kind of decent rating system or universal rating system. You, you look at how many apps are out there for you to see reviews on a restaurant on what you eat, or, or a hotel where you go or a beach. But God forbid you move into a new city and you're looking for a doctor, there's no ratings anywhere. There's a few that you can put in a rating and then they put the comments. And let's be honest, usually if you're upset, you just don't go back. You don't bother to take the time to sit down and do a whole thing. You might write something nice if you want to do the guy a favor or the doctor went up above and beyond that cured your cancer. Yeah, you write a great thing, best doctor in the world, whatever. But the truth is these are very small and statistically they're not even significant. It's not enough of a pool to even be able to rate these doctors so you walk into a new city and you have no clue who's good or not good that's the starting point that's a mess well so what is a bad review 
for, for a doctor, right? It's like, okay, it's a good review. It's like, oh, you know, it's great. He's, um, he's really personable or she's she's really good with my family. But the bad review is like, what? Well, you know what? Uh, I can't you, walk now. That's <laughs> the bad review. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, in that case, obviously reviews would be um, would be important as the as sort of the, the customer. But, you know, it, it could be career damaging for the doctor, right? I mean, it's like, it's kind of like a life or death kind of situation. So it's that's not a like, great, po- that's you know, a great like, point. It's not like I had a bad bowl of pasta. Um, it's like, it's like, I didn't, you know, it, it's weird. So I think, yes, reviews are important. I think people need to take more um, stock in, uh, in that. And I know there are companies like Do- ZocDoc and other platforms that are out there that are trying to encourage uh, doctors and primary care physicians and all that to sign up and pay for subscriptions. They're going to have the ability to sell their services and present their expertise. Um, but it's still a bit of a black box in terms of getting the right information that can help you make better decisions. I think one thing that could be, I th- your point is well taken, which is a point that I make a lot on this broadcast, which is that the review is only as valid as the reviewer. Somebody eats at Outback Steakhouse every day versus somebody eats at Smith and Walensky's are going to have a different review of the same new steakhouse because they're coming from different points of view. What's important to them in the meal is different, whether it's the taste, the presentation, the cost, uh, the experience, etc. So, so you the review is only as valid as the reviewer. So, to your point exactly, if somebody has a vendetta against a doctor, it would be easy to make the doctor look bad. But what I think we could have is a, a, a general repository where you could see any official complaints or any regulations that the doctor might have broken or, or any sanctions that the doctor received. In other words, doctors are held to a certain level and there are penalties and doctors go through that. It'd be nice if that was more uh, uh, visible, if that was more open to the public. So at least you could check. I mean, you'd be, you do background checks when you hire people. You don't do any background checks when you get a new doctor. Yeah, but it's, it's really a black or white situation in that case, right? So it's either you're either you the, the patient survived or the patient did. Uh, and 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 then the regulations that comes out. So sometimes it's a subtlety like, okay, my range of motion uh after seeing the doctor is now back to a hundred percent, or perhaps it's about 75%, but it's better than nothing. Like those, like the mediocrity uh, you know, is also something that I think is the gray area because some doctors, you know, are really successful a hundred percent of the time, and some are in fact not, or perhaps not, you know, <laughs> criminals. But they may. Okay, not- it's medicine, right? It's not science. Sometimes you do your best, and your best just doesn't solve the problem, or there's just nothing you can overcome. I get, I get, but you know what I mean. It'd be nice if there was more information out there somehow. Yeah, you know, so because like I think. With other professions, I think maybe uh, the legal profession probably is a little is close because you know there's this there's a life impact in the decisions that the lawyer makes. Not as obviously severe as a doctor, but but close. Um, but you know, there's always within medicine, there's always the the men or women that graduated the top of their class, right? You know, it's like Top Gun. It's like you're either you're number one, you know, either you won, either you're first or you're last. <laughs> you're first or you're last, right? <laughs> so, so you know, everybody wants the one that graduated top of the class, right? You know, they want that 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 person. What about the guy or the guy or the girl that was the you know the bottom of the class? I mean, he's still a doctor. 
or he or she is still a doctor. And Technically. She, <laughs> they go out, but you know, is the quality going to be any different? Um, how are we, how are we basing our decisions on this individual's expertise? Uh, is it how many degrees they have on the wall? You know, when you used to walk into a, a doctor's office, they put their certifications and their degrees on the wall. So you can sit there in the waiting area and look at them. It's like, oh, okay. They went to Harvard. They went to Yale. That's, uh, they must be good. Uh, but, you know, you don't know how good. And you just see that piece of paper that for some reason makes you feel comfortable that this person can do the job. And, and I'll tell you something else. Even when you're comfortable with your primary care physician, let's say you find a primary care physician, then you have issues and he recommends specialists. The question becomes, is he recommending a specialist because it's a buddy he went to medical school with? Is he recommending the specialist because he's a specialist who works in the same hospital as he does? Is he recommending the specialist because the specialist shares an office with him? Or is he recommending the specialist because in his mind of all the specialists he could send you to, that's the one that's most likely to help you? Those are hard questions to ask your doctor, aren't they? I can probably tell you that I think most likely the last the last question is not just not the real is not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Look, I, I, and then on top of that, the proximity, like it goes back to the filter of location, right? So the, all of those things you just mentioned, oh, oh, and oh, by the way, are they close to me? And then, then there's another filter that another layer that you go through to select which one's appropriate. So I don't know how, I mean, we know how it's been done. Um, and clearly in the U.S., we know that it's not a perfect system. Uh, but I don't even know if we're going to get to one uh, anytime soon, especially when we uh, when the, when the country is opening up, people are living, are leaving large metropolitan areas and going into more rural areas with less infrastructure uh, and perhaps less expertise because you know the 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 the, the humans drive the service industry. And I would, I would put doctors in that service category. So you want to go where people are who have money. And so when people with money leave the big cities and go to smaller cities, then where, where are those services and how is the quality of those services uh, comparative to the places that they, you know, the big cities where people left. So these are always going to be issues that we need to think about. Listen, when I, my first job out of college, I worked in the oil business and I worked in a town called Brooks, Alberta, which was a town of 10,000 people, about an hour and a half outside of Calgary. And um, about six months after being there, I, I had a problem with a tooth. There's only one dentist. And, you know, how good a dentist is he going to be where his business, he chose to be the dentist in a town of 10,000 oil workers, right? So, I got nervous and then I eventually had to go see an expert in Calgary because it was a little more complicated and I felt much better at least being in a city where there were a bunch of dentists, at least I had a choice. So you make a very interesting point. On the one hand, location is very important. On the one hand, you can be in a metropolitan area like Miami where there's a ton of hospitals and then you have to figure out which hospital is closest to you, which hospital is closest to your doctor, etc. But that's, I guess, a better problem than being restricted on healthcare. And it would be easy to know you're only going to go to this one hospital and your doctor's affiliated with one hospital. But your problem is that's your only hospital and they may not have an MRI or they may not have some, you know, they may have to airlift you out if it's serious. And those are scary things. So and I think to get this into the next part of the conversation, another issue is when we're talking about a new city is 
a lot of people make their decisions on where they're going based on healthcare facilities and on the healthcare infrastructure. I know people who go to Panama to retire because whenever you talk to anybody who's gone to Panama, you know what they tell you? The healthcare system's fantastic there. Great healthcare. You know, people go to Barcelona, like we had Gabriel Planas on, on uh, discussing on the plastic surgery episode. People will travel to destinations that are known for cheap, good plastic surgery. Brazil is another place that comes to mind. But just in general, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. As you get older and you retire and you make a great point that there's an incredible migration going on of young people as well as old. But at least in the olden days, the older people were moving because they were retiring to Phoenix, to Florida. And that drove great healthcare because that's a selling point for the realtor. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, now it's a little bit different. People aren't really going to those places where our parents or our, the older generation used to go. And so that infrastructure that's already built out, I mean, Miami is an exception, um, but people aren't, aren't necessarily retiring in the same places that they used to. As a result, the infrastructure needs to either adapt or change. And so that's, I think a lot of the telemedicine industry has been banking on that um, disbursement, you know, of, of sort of humans and the this aggregation of, of our of our of our living situation. But I, I think and, and then at the same time, there's also proximity to institutions of which train the medical professionals, right? So you have Columbia, you know, New York, um, you have Miami, um, University of Miami, and and some sometimes are just just naturally good for health Boston uh, that have really good institutions where people who go to these great universities then graduate and stay locally and then and then thus and especially when you have uh, more and more there's more experimentation and research done and discovery around treatments. Uh, you want to be closer to the science. Right? <laughs> it's like they discovered something, and you want to you want to live where that where there where that research is being done, um, and that gives you some peace of mind that that in fact um, we all hope that's when we have when we have that exotic sickness that that some that there's dengue some guy, fever. <laughs> there's some guy that's been working on that for years in the basement. It's like oh my god, Doctor Dengue, Doctor Dengue. And he's invented it like literally at that moment. And then he's running, he's running to the hospital, kind of like the movies, you know, with a, with a guy, with a doctor. It's like, like Batman when he has the, uh, the, the, the <laughs> anecdote to, uh, to the drug. Yeah. And then, the, and then, and then there's one person over, over the doctor who's working on it for years overhears two doctors over coffee saying, man, uh, this thing, I couldn't figure out what it is. I don't think he's going to make it. And then he overhears and it says, Oh, I got the idea that he runs up the stairs before before they they pull the tube. Like I, I want to be in that hospital. So <laughs> I, there's a situation where where you are, uh, and and then the infrastructure associated with where you are in the medical field is also very important. And then you can lay on top of that. You made a great point on 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 B when we were looking at how to find the right PCP. Find a doctor with an expertise that fits your needs. Well, there are some institutions that have become world famous for certain things. The Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, Memorial Sloan Kettering for cancer. And, 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 and the, 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 those, those uh, beachheads have grown to be huge infrastructures that are, that are, that are world renowned. And so if, you, if you're a cancer survivor, or you have cancer issues, 
I would think that that might play into, and you're thinking of moving or you want to leave, you work remotely now, so where do you want to live? You might want to pick a city like New York or, or Miami. You might want to pick a city where there are, that are known to have cancer expertise or diabetic expertise, et cetera, you know, because that's something that is quite likely going to be in your future. And so I think having these, these goalpost type facilities, these, these, these bread and butter world renowned facilities, I think helps a city attract people. Yeah, I and agree. that's a big decision in where you live. Yeah, I agree. And I think when you mentioned that, you really made a really good point. Maybe think about the differences between these great institutions um, and like the local health facilities uh, that you see now that are popping up, um, urgent urgent care facilities and all that, and then the emergency emergency rooms of the local hospital. And I think that a lot of people default to one of the two latter ones. So if you have something, you wake up, you don't feel so hot, you might go to the urgent care facility that now is in place of the the restaurant that had a business that took up the corner of the the corner of the of the of the building. Maybe the, these uh, clinics can put sheds out on the street too. Right. And right, there because of COVID that 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 was a thing. Uh, and then or if it's a little bit more, you know, if you're coughing blood or something like that, you you know, you get yeah, you know, on a Tuesday, uh, you go to wait. Hold on, uh, that's not normal. I, I gotta go. <laughs> you go. You're you not go. supposed to cough blood up in the morning. Well, what, well, what time of day is the right time to be coughing up blood? I can't cough up in the middle of dinner. <laughs> you have this issue, and you go, you go to the emergency room, right? And in a lot of cases, this is really kind of in the spur of the moment. Like, holy cow, I need to solve this, and you, you freak out, and you go somewhere. And it's kind of like, um, I, I don't want, I hate to say this, but in a lot of ways, it feels like uh, when your car breaks down, right? And, you know, like, okay, you have a nice car, car is amazing, but you're in Iowa and you're on the road and your car breaks down. You're, you're probably hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from like a Mercedes-Benz dealership that has the imported German parts to fit into the thing. So what do you do? You, you take your car to the mechanic, the local guy. Uh, down the, the, toothpick in, the toothpick in his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the overalls that are grease stains all over it. Right. To me, that's like the emergency room, right? It, it's like he takes the car and, you know, and you hope for the best. And and you get a, it's going to drive, but you're not quite sure for how long. Uh, you're not quite sure if the part he put in uh, is a good part. Or yeah, you hope you hope you bump into MacGyver. Give me some, uh, give me some bubble gum and some yarn. I got this thing right. done. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you, you know, you don't know until you go to a real doctor that it does an X-ray and you realize he, he he left a screw in your in your leg. <laughs> it's like, and it literally, and I that actually is a thing. Like people like they he closed up the wound and left like like a piece of paper in there or something. So there's there's all these kinds of things that we do because we have to because it's a medical situation, and so when we we think about location, and as you mentioned, the really great institutions, that's more of like a premeditated um, perspective, right? I, I, I'm going to think about my future. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to strategize and do these kinds of things. But oh, shit, this thing just happened. And so now we're not thinking long term. We're thinking right now. And then the decisions that we make are really within arm's length of where we are at that moment. 
Yeah, and I think that's all that's all very valid. And I do think these clinics that have popped up are terrific because the last place you want to go is the emergency room and sit there with your finger killing you for three and a half hours because the gunshot wound guy gets first dibs and you're sitting there for you're sitting there for half a day with my finger, but my finger really hurts. You know, so you're better off going to a clinic and you're in and out of there with an x-ray in five minutes. And if it's serious and the guy goes, geez, there is no finger there. Maybe you should go to the emergency room. <clears throat> then you can do so. So I think, I think the bottom line is there is, there are decent ways to get the healthcare you need if you need it in an emergency or when you come into a new city. But there, it's not easy to, 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 to find and feel feel confident that you have found a great doctor until you get to spend time with them, which could be a good or a bad thing. And unfortunately, really, word of mouth, whether it's word of mouth from uh, an employee friend or word of mouth from family member, is really all we have to go on. And then trusting that, you know, this is the right, right recommendation and it fits your needs, your personalities. And, and I'd love it if, I'd love if there was a better way for it to work. You know, some of these VIP networks are helpful. I know somebody who moved cities and they were in a VIP network that was in both cities. So at least if the VIP network says, well, here's a doctor in our network that's near you, at least you have that initial, um, uh, seal of approval of somebody on this doctor that they had to be at least a certain quality for the VIP organization to take them in at least that's what you think for all you know they'll take anybody who'll have them but you'd like to think that they're that they're screening in the same way that other you know other networks screen for other things just like when you go to hire somebody they've got an mba it doesn't necessarily mean they're any smarter than the person who doesn't but at least it's another challenge they had to they had to accomplish and overcome and it gives you more feeling for what kind of goal goals they're ascribing for themselves their work ethic etc so i think at least these vip networks might have an ulterior uh, benefit that if you're mobile and it's a big network, they can help you find your doctors. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the more VIP networks, the better. I think bringing VIP networks closer to the masses. So maybe not VIP, more like MIP, moderately important people uh, that can get access to really good healthcare is great. So the message to the industry more VIP. Um, affordable VIP services that are more accessible to more people so that people can make better decisions where they are um, for the best healthcare possible. So I think that's I think ultimately the message that we have. And I hope that our listeners could understand that it's not um, an issue that is solved universally. Everyone will have issues and be able to solve it at a local level, but at least they can make um, informed decisions based on some of the things that we've talked about today to to, to plan and uh, maintain um, the best healthcare possible where they are. And if you need any advice, feel free to give me a ring. I think I'm supporting about a third of the medical professionals <laughs> in the city of Miami, so or the city of Aventura anyway. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening catch at the next show. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week.